Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Our Father and our God, we just want to say thank you. We actually can't thank you enough, dear Holy Spirit. We thank you for revealing to our hearts the mind of the Father and taking and making real all that Jesus has won on our behalf. We thank you so much tonight for your guidance, and we thank you that you will lead us into the presence of the Father. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you teach as only you can. Speak through us. Let your words find a place in the hearts of every person listening, whether by podcasts, whether on the call, whether they're listening to this over and over again. We pray that you speak to their hearts every single time. And we pray that, Father, as you do so, you bring comfort, you bring strength and edification, and you bring encouragement and exhortation. Speak from heaven, my Father. We ask this. We honestly ask this. We worship you. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' most holy name, amen. And amen. Ladies and gentlemen, um, Tonight, we are going to, we've been going through a series on how to have a healthy heart. And we're, we're going to continue tonight. Um, and we're going to switch. Now, we, I hope you enjoyed the sections on prayer and fasting. I pray that your prayer lives and your, when you do fast, like the Bible says, that it is rich and it really blesses you. God is kind and he loves you. And so as you reach out to him, he will definitely respond. We've had a look at building a healthy heart through the word of God, and that's absolutely wonderful. And so tonight we're going to look at building a healthy heart, creating an environment where you have a healthy heart. But we're going to look at the aspect of our relationship with God, which is worship. We're going to look at the element of worship. Um, and so that's what we're going to dig into, ladies and gentlemen. And the best place to start, that the Bible is replete with examples concerning worship. But let's start with what Jesus said. Let's go with his um, words and we will pick up from there. We will look at other things. But let's start with what Jesus says. And worship is something that we all can do. We do it all the time. We worship the Lord. And let's look at exactly what that is and how it really helps us, helps our heart, helps our journey with God, helps us, helps our walk with God. Um, forgive me, I actually cannot stop smiling. Please turn in your Bibles, ladies and gentlemen, and I'll read from the King James Version of the Bible to start. And I'm going to read from John chapter 4. Please turn in your Bibles to John chapter 4. So that's John 4. And the story, I'll, I'll paraphrase the story and then I'll go straight to the verses. The story is where Jesus is going through Samaria. He stops at a well and he has quite a remarkable conversation with a Samaritan woman really remarkable he speaks to her and she says why are you speaking to me i'm a samaritan and the conversation goes on from there but when she realizes who he is when she realizes that wait you're a prophet she asks a question that obviously must have been asked by many when it concerns the worship of the Lord. And the beautiful thing about it is she does so, and it gives Jesus the opp opportunity to share with us some quite remarkable truth. So ladies and gentlemen, please come with me down to verse 19. And the lady has just realized Jesus is a prophet. 
And the woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Verse 21. And he said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. We worship, you worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. Verse 23. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Verse 24, and Jesus then says the following. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we realize Jesus is speaking to the lady and, and she explains, he explains, this is what the father wants. This is what he wants to do. And notice the Bible says the Lord seeks people to worship him. Now, we realize that Jesus says the way we worship God, and he uses two phrases. One of them is you shall worship God in spirit. That means our worship of the Lord will be guided by the person and ministry of the Holy Spirit. Many times, sometimes we will realize it, and other times we may not. But he will guide our worship of the Father. The second thing we realize, Jesus says, you shall, he sh shall worship the Lord, not only in spirit, but in truth. And so the question we're going to answer tonight, and this is what we're going to look at is, so what exactly is worship? What, wh where did it come from? And then we're going to look at how to do it. And these are the things, some of the things that we, 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 um, that Jesus makes so clear. And so the first thing I want you to realize, notice that when it comes to worship, as, it's, as Jesus said, he said, the father seeketh such to worship. And that's in verse 23. And so when you think of worship, let's settle something. It's you're worshiping the Lord God who loves you. And so when God, when you start, when you step into the place of worship, the Lord says, I'm actually looking for people. So when you fight, when you step into the place of worship, the Lord will respond and he will literally create an environment where um, you can spend time with him. And Jesus says, you will do it in spirit and in truth. And that means that. Uh, let's have a look. At, let's put that against something else that Jesus says so we can understand that the worship of the Lord will be led by the person of the Holy Spirit. Come with me, ladies and gentlemen, so, to John chapter 16, same book, John 16, and we're going to read from verse 13 and we're going to read we're going to read verse 13 and we'll stop at verse 15 now remember jesus said the father seeks such to worship him and you shall worship him in spirit and in truth listen to what jesus says just before he leaves the bible says in verse 13 of John chapter 16. He says, how be it when he, the spirit of truth is come and the Holy Spirit has come, which is a wonderful blessing. He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall 
hear that shall he speak and he will show you things to come the bible then goes on to say i'm reading from verse uh, reading from verse 14 and 15 and i'll read it for clarity but then i'm going to read in the amplified classic to get a little bit to shed some more light on it and the bible says he shall glorify me for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you all things that the father hath are mine therefore said i that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you so ladies and gentlemen what that what that means is when the holy spirit leads you in the place of worship he will glorify jesus that means he will make him real he will present to you and he will guide you to present to god exactly what god wants to hear he will at that point in time he will share god's messages with you and he will literally and notice what jesus said he will take what i have won on your behalf and he will make it real unto you that means when you come into the place of worship and i want you to be really really encouraged ladies and gentlemen is that the holy spirit will lead you he will help you worship the father and when you worship the father the father because he loves you will respond and so remember first thing i want you to remember about worship is it will be guided for us as believers it will be guided by the person of ministry of the holy spirit and so please be encouraged as you do so but i want to read verse 13 i'm going to read john 16 verse 13 and i'm going to read it in the amplified classic version of the bible and it throws some light on what we say and that will bring us nicely to our declarations and so i'm going to read john 16 verse 13 and this is what it says in the Amplified Classic, same verse. The Bible says, but when he, the spirit of truth, the truth giving spirit comes, he will guide you into all the truth, the whole full truth. For he will not speak his own message on his own authority, but he will tell whatever he hears from the father. He will give the message that has been given to him and he will announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future and so ladies and gentlemen what i want you to, to realize as we talk about worship as we come into understanding about worship worship is a central part of our relationship with god jesus said the Lord is seeking people to worship him in spirit and in truth. We realize and we can hold on to that, that that means when we come into the place of worship, especially when things are tough or things are difficult, or even when things are wonderful, the Holy Spirit will guide what we do, what we say, what we sing, what we declare. And we realize that God will receive from where he is and from what jesus has won on our behalf and he will make quite some some very remarkable things happen and so that's what jesus was saying so that's the first thing i wanted us to look at that this is what jesus said about worship ladies and gentlemen it's 7 14 let's take our declaration oh lord we are your people called by your name we humble ourselves and we pray and we seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sins and heal our land. In Jesus' name, we pray. We declare our land is healed in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. And ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are in the world, that confession will hold sway may god heal the land that you're living in and may god be so kind to you wherever you are wherever you are in the world we believe that god will heal your land that he will step in and that he will make things okay he will make them real 
Okay, amen. And so ladies and gentlemen, we hold on to that. Now let's, so this is what Jesus is speaking about worship. So we realize when Jesus speaks about worship, he says, the father seeks us. That means this is something God wants to happen. And so let's look at a few things. Let's look at, let's look at some things about worship that will give us an idea of why it is so important. But just like we read, remember, when the Holy Spirit is involved, he will guide your worship. And now think about it, ladies and gentlemen. If you think about, um, this is something that happens to me. I don't know whether it happens to you, but it happens to me a lot. When I'm going through a really difficult time, and or I'm, I'm going through a downtime or whatever, some a song will hit, and all of a sudden, once that song hits, it's like I'm in the very presence of my father and I feel safe and I feel wonderful. And you, you can, and if you think back, I'm sure that happens to you a lot, that different songs at different times of your life will meet so many different things, that element of worship. But let's, let's go through um, a, a little bit of detail as to what worship is, and then we'll, we'll, we'll have some fun. So let's go to another thing that Jesus said about worship um, that was spoken, that the Holy Spirit spoke um, about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And this is what he said about worship. Please turn in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, chapter 13. Hebrews 13, verse 15. The Bible says they're speaking about the element of praise now. And the Bible says, by him, therefore, that's by Jesus Christ, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto his name. So, ladies and gentlemen, we realize that the, the Bible says that we are to offer the sacrifice of praise continually to God. The fruit of our lips, that means things that we say, that, mean, that means you might be singing, you might be declaring, you might be confessing, you might be literally just speaking, but the Bible says giving thanks to his name. And so we realize that you and I, ladies and gentlemen, as Christians, we are here to offer the sacrifices of praise to God. And it's not for nothing, but we'll look at that in a moment. So let's look at another scripture that talks about what the place of worship on our journey. Come with me, please, ladies and gentlemen, to 1 Peter 2. And I'm going to read from verse 1, and we'll read down to verse 5. The Bible says the following, 1 Peter 2, reading from verse 1 to verse 5. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, as all of us have. The Bible says in verse 4, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Now the Bible speaks about you and I. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So, ladies and gentlemen, you realize we are to offer to God continually worship and praise. When the Bible says spiritual sacrifices, that's what the Bible was speaking about in Hebrews 13, verse 15. 
when you offer up to God things that, notice, that he can receive and things happen in response. So we realize that you and I, ladies and gentlemen, as the body of Christ, are to offer up spiritual sacrifices. And Peter describes us at that point as a holy priesthood. And a priest is there to offer sacrifices to the Lord. And so, ladies and gentlemen, worship is part of who we are. It's part of our DNA. And so you realize when we do so, there is a wonderful response from heaven. So we realize here, one, we are to offer up the sacrifice of praise, spiritual sacrifices to the Lord. That means when you spend time presenting worship to God, he receives it, it matters, and things happen when worship is lifted to the Lord. And so I want you to realize, ladies and gentlemen, when you're going through a difficult time, when you need to break through, if it's a tough day or you're going through a tough time or you need something to happen, please keep in mind, step into the place of worship. Because as you step into the place of worship, the Bible says the Lord God will respond. He will receive and accept what you offer and he will respond. And it's one of the wonderful things about, it's, it's the very same way that when a baby smiles at a parent, it gets a response. Or when a child does something that makes you, it, it makes you smile, it gets a response. And you realize this is how the Lord is with us. And so this is what worship is. Um, I want to, to show you one more element of worship, that worship makes things happen with the Lord, and then we'll go on to a little bit more detail. Please turn in your Bibles, ladies and gentlemen, to the book of Revelations. I'll start in four. Um, Revelations chapter four, and this is the revelation given to John, and he describes what goes on in heaven. And I want you to read, and, and, and I'll read through what he said. I'll start from 4 verse 1. After this, I, and I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible, ladies and gentlemen. And the Bible says, after this, I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice I heard, as it were of a trumpet talking with me. And he said, come up hither, and I will show you things that which must be hereafter that I'm going to show you the future. And immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne and in sight like unto an emerald. Around about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion and the second beast like a calf. And the third beast had a face as a man. And the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him. And they were full of eyes within. Now notice what happened. And they rest not day and night, saying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him, that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their throne, their crowns before the throne saying, thou art worthy, O Lord, 
to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Cross over to Revelations 5, and we're going to keep reading. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Let me pause here. That means, ladies and gentlemen, when you lift your voice in worship and in prayer, it plays a part in what happens in heaven. But let's keep reading. Verse 9. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Verse 10, and has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Verse 11, and I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels, round about the throne and the beasts and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all them that are in them heard I saying blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, amen. And the four and 20 elders fell down and worship him that liveth forever and ever. Amazing stuff. But I want you to notice, ladies, there are lots of things I'd love to talk about today. But let me focus on one because the Lord wants to go a particular direction today. I'm sure we're going to have a, a few weeks of fun with this. Notice something, ladies and gentlemen. Come back with me to Revelations 4. And notice where the process started. And the Bible says in verse 8 that the catalyst for all these things happening in heaven, where the Lord Jesus goes and takes the promises, the glory, the honor, the adoration, the answers to your prayers, taking your prayers, everything, where it all kicks in in heaven. Notice where it starts. And the Bible says in verse eight that the four beasts, each of them that has six wings and that they were full of eyes within and without, they rest not night and day. And notice the Bible says they start to worship. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was 
and is and is to come and it triggers a response in heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand, please hear me well. When you worship the Lord, this is something God looks for. It's something that God wants to happen. It's something that has great value to him. And I want you to realize when you begin to worship the Lord, the Bible says you are kings and priests. You become a part of what happens in heaven and the process that leads ultimately to answered prayers, hopes, and desires kicks in. The Bible says when the angels worship, so when just like when you and I worship that we have been built up as a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices, when we worship God, things happen. And I want you to hold on to that today, that listen carefully, when you worship the Lord, things happen. And please be encouraged today. So, and it's one of the things I want you to hold on to that, listen, as you worship the Lord God, as you lift up a song that you really, that really, you really appreciate, the Lord, something special happens. And we're going to have a look at that in a, in a moment. But I want you to realize whenever you feel down, whenever you feel like you're in a challenge, whenever you feel like you're in a situation or a bind, start worshiping God. Because when you worship God, things happen. I'll give you two examples and then I will go on to what the Lord wants to say. Come with me, ladies and gentlemen. To Second Chronicles 20. Second Chronicles 20. And I'm going to, we read through this early, um, a, a previous week, but I'm going to just focus in on one thing. Please turn in your Bible to Second Chronicles 20. And I'm going to read verse 21. Jehoshaphat is facing an impossible situation. He's facing a situation that he cannot solve. And this is what they do. They pray, they fast, as we said, but listen to verse 21. And the Bible says, and when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Verse 22, and when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. Pause. When we say the Lord set ambushments, that's, old, that's the old English phrase. Basically, the Lord steps in and he begins to make things happen. He sends an army of angels and things begin to change on behalf of the children of Israel. And the Bible says, for the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and destroy them. So all of a sudden, their agreement was torn apart. And the Bible says, and when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. And when Judah got there, all of them were wiped out. Ladies and gentlemen, what was the catalyst? After they had fasted and they prayed, they worshipped the Lord. And then the Lord caused what he said to become a reality. Two scriptures have come to my mind. I really would love to show you where it is. Um, and I'll just to, to drive this home. Come with me, please, to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 16. And in Acts chapter 16, I'll tell you the story. 
same situation. Paul and Silas go to minister and they heal a soothsaying young lady. They cast out the spirit that gives her the ability to foretell the future. And her masters, who were making an absolute profit from it, went crazy. They get them locked up. They get them beaten. The, they get so upset that they tell the, the jailer, these guys must never come out. I mean, th we need them tomorrow. We're literally, we're going to wipe them out. That we're probably either they're going to execute them or they're going to beat them again. And the jailer puts them in the inner jail. That means not just in jail, but what you would call solitary. Their backs are bleeding. They've only done good. They've done nothing evil. And I'm going to read to you what happened. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. So we've seen one in the Old Testament. Let's have a look at one in the New Testament. Acts 16, verse 25. And the Bible says the following. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed, just like Jehoshaphat, and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. Verse 26. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew his sword and he would have killed himself, supposing the prisoners have fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, do thyself no harm, for we are all here. The story is wonderful. The jailer gives his life, and so does all his family to Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand something. When you worship the Lord, things happen. And let's look at what happens. And that will set us off on our wonderful journey of looking at worship. Turn in your Bibles, please, ladies and gentlemen, to Psalms 22. Psalms 22. And we are going to look at verse three. So you wonder that why when Jehoshaphat was in trouble and when Paul and Silas were in trouble, that when they worshiped the Lord, results happened. Psalm 22, verse 3. The Bible says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Ladies and gentlemen, so we realize when you worship and praise the Lord, you create a place where God literally can inhabit. And when God comes, he changes things on your and our behalf. And so ladies and gentlemen, we realize, so when you worship God, something happens. When God says he, he's looking for a worshiper, he's looking for a worshiper because he actually wants to come to where you are and he has one aim in mind. I want to bless you. And so let's see where the Bible says that. And then we will look at, and what, and then we'll look at a couple of other scriptures, and then we will we'll basically bring this home tonight. Come with me, please, ladies and gentlemen. Notice the Bible says the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. So when you praise and worship the Lord, the Lord comes and he inhabits that place. He creates an environment where he can do for you what he has promised. Let's look at two scriptures that back that up. And let's look at two scriptures that back that up. Please come with me. 
Um, the first one we'd like to go to. Oh, I've forgotten. I've lost my train of thought. Okay. Yes. Exodus chapter 20. The Lord has just given Moses the Ten Commandments. And this is what he says towards the end. Verse 22. Exodus 20, 22. And the Bible says he begins to give them instruction concerning his, the, what, what was the established process of worshipping him. And the Bible said, and the Lord said unto Moses, thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, you have seen that I have talked with you from heaven. Please remember that. The Lord's desire is to speak with you. So when you worship him, he's going to speak. And the Bible says, you shall not make with me gods of silver, neither shall you make unto you gods of gold, idols. Verse 24, an altar of earth shalt thou make unto me, and thou shalt sacrifice thereon thy burnt offerings. You present your burnt offering, as they did in those days. This was before Jesus was sacrificed. So this is what they did, and this is what the Lord says. And thy peace offerings, thy sheep and thine oxen. Then the Lord gives them some information. He says, in all places where i record my name i will come unto you unto thee and i will bless thee pause for a moment ladies and gentlemen this is critical the lord says wherever i record my name that means wherever I make my name, that this is where the Lord, so this, and I will look at that, the Lord this, the Lord that. Wherever I record my name, he says, I will come unto you and I will come for one reason only, to bless you. When someone gives you their name, what they want you to do is trust them that means this is what i can be trusted to do this is who i am this is me so when i put my name in because what the lord did was he revealed different parts of himself to his servants in the bible and we'll go through a few tonight and what he did was he said when you come when you come to meet me in the places where I record my name, I will have one reason of coming, and it is to bless, to bless, to empower you, to transfer to you what my name says. And so, ladies and gentlemen, this is the encouragement the Holy Spirit gives us in Hebrews 13, that our focus the what we should do continually is give thanks that means acknowledge the name of the lord jesus encourages us to do the same how did jesus tell us to start the lord's prayer he says the following he says our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name so you realize the name of the lord is foundational to our worship life because when you lift up the name of the lord he said wherever i record my name wherever i record my name in those days it was physical now ladies and gentlemen you have access to the lord himself through the blood of jesus that means when you lift up the name of the lord he is going to come to exactly where you are and he's going to step in and help you now this 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 drove this was driven home to me earlier this year and i'll i'll tell you about it in very very short period 
one of the nights when during pursuit of God that I that I was asked to do the one of the watches. Hebrews 13, 15 was laid on my heart, and that was where I, I started. And the Lord said, write down all the names that you know of me. Write them down. And he said, focus on my name, not on your challenges, not on your problems. Just begin to declare my name. I was shocked at how much the Lord had already done and made available for us even before we asked for anything. And this is what the Lord wants us to focus on when we worship God. What do we do? We lift up his name. We acknowledge this is who you are. This is, this is what, this is, who you are this is what you've done and we begin to celebrate the name of the lord now let me run through a few for you and then we will we will do it in details in the coming weeks but let's just run through one or two tonight so one of the things that the lord and i'm reading from the list that, that, that i built that day and this is this is what we find in the bible in exodus chapter 6 verse 3 Exodus chapter 6, verse 3, the Lord gives one of his names to Moses. And he said, I'll read from, I'll read from 1, Exodus 6, verse 1. And I'll read to 3. Then the Lord said unto Moses, now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand shall he let them go, and with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty. But by my name Jehovah was I not known unto them ladies and gentlemen the name jehovah means the self-existent one that means god is not dependent on anything else except himself to be god and so when you now begin to lift up when you begin to sing yahweh when you begin to say lord you are the self-existent one there is no one like you there is no one near you. You are God all by yourself. When you begin to sing and worship the name Jehovah, when you begin to repeat it to yourself, when you begin to declare it, that God, irrespective of what I am going through, there is no circumstance that can stop you being God. You are God all by yourself. All of a sudden, where you are will become the Lord says, I will inhabit the praises of your people. As you lift up the name of the Lord, as you begin to, and when I say lift up, you begin to say, you begin to think about, you begin to imagine, and you begin to declare. If you can sing, sing. If you, and to be honest, when you do so, the Lord says, I will fill that space and I will be what I've said to you. Uh, I'll give you another one, <laughs> uh, and then I'll tell you a story, and we'll close it out. We'll, well, I'll give you a few more. Let, let's pick on um, this one. The Bible says the following, that God is Jehovah Rapha. Now, Jehovah Rapha means the self-existent God, the covenant-keeping God that heals you. Turning your Bible, ladies and gentlemen, to Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. Exodus 15, 26. And the Bible says in the Exodus 15, 26, the Lord introduces himself as the God that heals. He says, if thou and his and said, if thou will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments 
and keep all these statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. Then he says, this is who I am. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. That translated, he says, I am. I am Jehovah, the self-existent God, and I have made it my business to heal you. And ladies and gentlemen, that means when you are going through a difficult time, when you or one of your loved ones is going through a challenge, when it comes to sickness, you can literally begin to praise. There was a Don Moen song that you are the God that healeth me. This is what he's saying, that God says, I, it is my responsibility and I am not dependent on any circumstance around you, nothing in heaven or earth. I heal because I am healing. I am God and there's no one like me. And so what, when you begin to say that over yourself, that God, you are my healer. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are the one that heals. You have healed. And then you begin to declare that over yourself, especially when you begin to sing whatever song it may be that you are the God that healeth me, that, that you, and you begin to lift up the songs that you know that says that God heals, that you heal all my diseases, that Lord, you are, and what happens is God fills that space and he makes real what you are declaring. And so ladies and gentlemen, sometimes, I mean, this sounds really far-fetched, but let me give you a testimony. And there are quite a few. Um, for those of you that, that heard Phil Thompson speak on Sunday, you heard where his song came from, that I will not be silent. It came from an experience that God demonstrates that I am God. Many years ago, I remember this incident, and I'll, and I'll tell you, my, I was going through a really difficult time. Somebody I really loved was beaten up at a club. And it was, it was my big brother and my big brother, who I, I loved dearly. And we had gone to the hospital the night before, gone through the whole process, speaking to the police and everything. And then the results had come back earlier in the morning that he had a fractured skull. It was a terrifying moment. Now, my brother had stood up for me time, time, time again. And stood up for me when I couldn't stand up for myself. And I left the hospital that day and I was walking home. Um, I wasn't married at that point in time. So I was going back to an empty room. On my way home, it felt really, 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 really. Yes, I will. We will pray at the end for those that are believing God for healing. I felt lonely. It was a terrible feeling. I can't sing. <laughs> I, I couldn't sing then and I can't sing now. But in that moment, a song came and it came from the Holy Ghost. And it was an old hymn. The one that says, pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling. Do not pass me by and I began to sing it and it's got a wonderful chorus and I was walking down Stratford High Street and I was just basically singing that to myself and all of a sudden I found that I was in tears but then something happened I will never forget all of a sudden it felt like I was not by myself it's a near indescribable feeling where God just makes himself real. I've never forgot that moment. At every point in my life thus far, when the chips were down, the Lord will bring a song. Because it breaks through things you cannot pray through. Worship breaks through atmospheres.
because the Bible says, when you worship, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. He makes himself real. That's what, the, that's what Jesus said. He said that the Holy Ghost, he will show you. He will make real what I've won on your behalf. And time and time again, it's happened. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to realize something. When you begin to lift up the name of the Lord, he will make himself real. And so as we begin our journey of healing, As you begin our, our journey of worship and understanding what worship is and realizing what does it do? It gives you a healthy heart because when you worship the Lord, your trust level increases because you are declaring who he is. You are reminding yourself that he is God and you are not. You are declaring what he has done. You are declaring what he will do. What happens? Your trust level rises. And ladies and gentlemen, that's the environment where miracles are born. And so, ladies and gentlemen, as we, we go through tonight, and, and, and I would love, I, I wish, <laughs> um, I don't know what's, what you're going through right now, but let me read to you some of the things that God said about himself, and then we'll say a prayer. You've only got a few minutes left, but this is what God says about himself. He says, I am Jehovah Elohim. I am the Lord Almighty God. I am Jehovah El Shaddai. I am the Lord God Almighty. And he said that to Abraham. He said, listen, I know that you're facing a difficult challenge. I know you're facing something you can't face. Genesis 15, reading from verses 1 to 6. He said, I am the Lord God Almighty. But then he says something to Abraham. I want you to remember, ladies and gentlemen. He says, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to begin to declare these things in your own time. And it's all over scripture. The lists are all over the internet. You can find these things out. And we'll go through a few in the next few weeks. But I want you to realize this is what worship is. When you are declaring that God, this is who you say you are. He said, as we've said tonight, that he is Jehovah Rapha. Exodus 23, verse 25. The Bible says that God said, I will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness out of the midst of you. So what I want you to realize when you begin to declare that, God, this is who you are. This is what you say. This is what you've done before. This is what, what makes you great. All of a sudden, your trust level will rise and the Lord will not let you down. And ladies and gentlemen, as we close tonight, um, I have got um, I have got a couple of questions, but we also got a request for prayer. And if anyone is believing God for healing, the Bible says this, that the Lord, he is not only Jehovah Rapha, not only is he the Lord that heals you, but please hear me. In Jesus Christ, everything that God says he is has been established and that you and I have access that in the name of Jesus. Whatsoever you ask the Lord, he says, I'll give it to you. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we join our faith in prayer with you if you're believing God for healing. We specifically pray for Melanie, and we ask that God gives us speedy recovery from the flu. We pray for anybody who's believing God for their loved ones, anybody who's believing God for someone who's going through a difficult time. We pray that the Lord God, Jehovah Rapha, steps in and he heals you. Ladies and gentlemen, as we close tonight, we pray for miracles for those of you that need them. 
We pray that God will make himself real to you. We pray that the Lord will put a song in your heart. And as you begin to worship the Lord, may the Lord invade your circumstances and cause to become a reality. And the Lord will glorify his name on your behalf. Ladies and gentlemen, as we begin our journey of worship, we pray, listen carefully, this is one of the things that gives you a healthy heart because it increases your trust level as you praise and worship the Lord. We do have one question and I'll answer it before we go. And it says, Pastor, normally after praying, I wait to hear the Lord, but in most cases, I don't get a word from him. So I thank him and end my prayer. Should I just carry on waiting to hear from him all the time or not? Let's put it in, let's understand why worship is wonderful. And we'll pick up from here next week. When you are worshiping the Lord, especially when you're waiting for a specific word, start from the known and work to the unknown. Begin to declare what God says of himself. It will create an environment where you find, as in Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3, that he will then speak from that place and what? Bless you and share with you the specifics of what you need to know. So rather than just waiting for a word, begin to declare all the things that God has said of himself and begin to declare what he has done. Start from the known and it will lead you into what is not known. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I really pray that you've had a wonderful time tonight. Thank you so much for listening. May God bless you. If you're listening by podcast, we really appreciate you. We hope you've had a wonderful night. May God bless you. And we'll see you next week. God bless you, ladies and gentlemen. 